Here I am, babe. Come and take me, take me by the hand. Ooh, show me. You're tuned to the Trail Show. Get on the trail. Long time listener, first time caller. Arriba, 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 tota. It's the Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various historic beer districts from the Sierra to the Rockies to Appalachia and no longer in Australia, this is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times all over the globe. Just waiting on Elon Musk to take us to Mars. We are on the air and everywhere and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. The Trail Show has a mailing list. Subscribe now at thetrailshow.com. Don't miss out. Trail Show Nation, it's September, which means the air is going to start to get just a nip. The evenings are going to start fading a little faster, and the trees are about to start their spectacular fall show colors. Triple O, what's on the Trail Show Fall Equinox Buffet tonight? Well, we here in the South Carolina Beer District are looking forward to the temperatures dropping into the low 90s for fall. So we're very excited about that. And we're excited about the table for today. We have Beer of the Month. We have Trail News. We have a Trail of the Month with a very special Trail Show VIP. And we've got hotline calls. We've got media reviews, ask a hiker, donations, trip reports maybe, or life reports. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and dive in. Before we do anything, um, D'Lo, David Fox and Socks Cornetta donated a couple months ago a substantial amount of money to buy specifically some beer for you. And yet I see you sitting there with a goblet of effing red wine. Can you report what's going on? Oh, why was I muted? I don't know. Like, what's the deal? It's just like, a, I, think, I think the technology trolls are just after me. Um, uh, yes, I have a goblet of red wine. I will be prepared to talk about my beer of the month shortly, which is a, Vermont, a seasonal Vermont beer. I will retrieve one from the cave, the beer cellar in the house shortly. Um, so I am not at liberty to discuss this month's beer of the month at the present time. Okay. However, um, in like 130, I'll be ready to talk about the beer of the month. Sounds good. All right. Well, um, I should also mention that shout out to Boo and Slashjaw. They came through here, um, stayed a night in Salida, and they dropped off, um, I think, 30 tall boys of six eight different types of beer plus four regular boys of something else so um pod that's probably too much beer for you and disco to just have at your house so i think the trail show nation listeners would very much encourage you to pack those up in some 
peanuts and Ziploc bags and send them via passenger pigeon to the far reaches of the United States so that both well, um, the, the, handsome, the handsome out of order and myself could have some uh, variety of beverages. I like the idea of that. Listener. I like the idea of that. However, <laughs> the beer is all from Pennsylvania. So it yeah. traveled via vehicle yeah. all yeah. the way to the Rockies. And I feel like the carbon footprint of them sending it back east. Oh, is no. Yeah, you have to buy oh, no, off-site credits. There's no yeah. carbon footprint. You're going to send it via passenger pigeon. Passenger pigeons fly without producing any. Well, I mean, you already have the peanuts. Don't you have the peanuts? What about the, the footprint bags? on my amount of time of packing all that stuff up? I mean, I know I'm, you're a very busy, a busy woman. woman. I know that you're children. a busy woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're very busy doing busy, busy woman things. The, the better question <laughs> is, is, is Disco going to see any of these beers? Oh, yes. He's not in Salida right now, right? Well, I, 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 there's a caveat. He will see pretty much all of the beers, at least all of the different kinds. Unless if Clay Jacobson comes to visit, there are no guarantees. <laughs> He's liable to crush all of that beer in a, in a couple of days. So is Clay like Jacobson hurricane the CDT again? Is he, is he... Well, it is the season. He likes to be yeah. out there really <laughs> cold and rainy. Is he, is he like hiking southbound? Is he hiking northbound through New Mexico into Colorado to complete his probably. CDT probably, uh, multi-year yeah, section hike? Probably at Coombas Pass right now. Yeah. Getting ready to... Especially oh, like this, it's too early. It's too early to go. <laughs> rain all week. North, so. yeah. Anyway, okay, well, we can report more on that later. Out of order, do you have any beer reports? I'm sorry. I have no beer at all. I'm <laughs> sad about that. Dude, oh, I did have a beer the other day because I accidentally went to a football game here in South Carolina. That was like the Gamecocks beer from one of their local breweries. Hi, and you stumbled into the wrong event? I was at a tailgate, and then someone forced some tickets on me, and then I found myself in the stadium. How was well, it? Eh. <laughs> I mean, as a Florida Gator fan, South Carolina is not exactly that interesting to me. Right. But, yeah. You had a beer while you were there. Was it a good beer? Or was yes, it just from Steel Hands Brewing. I, I think it's, I forget what it's called, but they're a local brewery and they made it specifically for the Gamecocks game days. Oh, that's cool. Um, so that's exciting. I think it's fun to see local breweries partnering with local universities college, to college get people kids. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. normally that's a hard market to get into, college kids and Beer. Yeah, they're really well. They actually, I think, for yeah. <laughs> local breweries, it is a hard market because kids don't want to pay six dollars for a beer. Totally. Well, great. Um, let's go ahead and get into uh, trail news. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news. Here it is. Uh, let's see. News items. The PCTA has a petition on their website to urge legislators to add a pedestrian bike lane to the Bridge of the Gods. So apparently they're going to be doing some work on the Bridge of the Gods. And um, the PCTA and Port of Cascade Locks are seeking $6 million 
each from the states of Oregon and Washington to begin the necessary work to add a new pedestrian lane. Um, paying for seismic improvements, structural analysis, and overall planning and design, um, which is pretty awesome. So PCTA.org, that bridge is super dangerous. Um, there's no, there's currently no lane, so hikers just walk on the side, and it's barely big enough for two vehicles. So um, this would be a long-term plan. Obviously, it would be a few years down the road, but it would be really cool to have them. Um, you know, and for bikes too, because not just hikers that are going over this. Yeah, I wonder you gotta... how, many bikes, how many bikes a year? You know, how many people are biking across that bridge? A lot. So. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, as somebody who has moved from one of the most bike-friendly cities in the country to a very bike-unfriendly place, I uh, I disapprove of this action. You wow. think they should have to oh, swim across? <laughs> the Columbia no river. i just don't want i just don't I, i'm just jealous i'm just jealous and i don't want to see anybody have uh better bike access uh, than i me. think and okay. because my bike access i have okay bike access right now but it's nothing like what i had before and i really don't want to see anybody have better bike access than me well in south carolina yeah. it's illegal to have a sidewalk that's continuous for more than 400 yards i think so <laughs> <laughs> or even farther behind. yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, a lot of uh, kidding aside, a lot of places in the country are simply not safe for walkers and bikers. That's true. Oh, I see a, a visionary uh, picture of what the Bridge of the Gods pedestrian lane oh. lane might look like. And it looks wonderful. I see um, mothers Does it have, walking, oh. children in strollers. I see runners. I see bikers. I see day hikers with and I see a horseback rider. There's somebody on horseback. Oh. It doesn't have like a a grungy looking through hiker on it in their it promo. Not, it does not have a promo pictures. Together, so. No, it doesn't. They're not trying to sell it. Like, look, <laughs> no. somebody's sleeping on their nope. Z rest in the biker lane. It does not, though. Are they going to let the horses just poop wherever they want on the bridge? That's what I want to know. Like they do on they trails. Just go ahead. It. I mean, I'm gonna poop wherever I want. So oh yeah, I poop. I actually did poop right in the middle of that bridge when I hiked across it. I remember. You know, that. usually what I do when I'm out hiking and when I have to poop in the morning, I wait until I get to a pile of poop <laughs> and then I just poop on top of it. Like assert your dominance or something. Well, like, I feel like this is as the pooping spot, <laughs> so I'm just gonna add to the pile. Yeah, that that reminds that me. Sense. I when I was in Eastern Europe in 1996, they had toilets with a flat shelf on them and there wasn't a lot of water pressure so large poops would sometimes not wash off the shelf oh I see. we called those shelfers <laughs> and sometimes people would poop on top of the shelfer yeah such that the pile of poop on the shelf got really big and tall and then it turns into what you call a volcano toilet where it's sticking yes. above the rim. <laughs> yes, and you had to squat over the toilet to contribute to the shelfer, which was really a disgusting thing if you think about it. But it happened. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. Do we have any vacuum tubes to whack? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except it's filled with poop. Okay. Um, item number two. There is a three-legged bear that's hanging a lot, hanging around. Uh, I mean, most bears have three legs. Well, it only has three legs. 
Oh, that's like it's missing a leg. Yes, mm. I believe that it's in. <laughs> I believe that's in California. I'm pretty sure. But um, it people have been seeing it. They named it Tripod. There's some videos. Um, if you type in Three Legged Bear, you can see some videos of it. So it's been going around, menacing. Right. First of all, I gotta defend my state. It's, it's in, in Florida. Florida. Yeah. So yeah, don't that's, be that's taking our celebrities from us. I'm sorry. There are very few that come from Florida. This drinking a family's white claws and eating a yes, meal. That's so, what I was yeah, It's clearly about. a Florida bear. Apparently, it's a college girl. It drank three white claws. So, yeah. Careful. I don't Very know careful. if you remember several years ago, we, we uh, talked about a bear that had consumed a whole bunch of um, Labatt's blue ribbon in, in Canada or something. There was a bear that broke into the house and drank like 12 or 14 bear beers anyway a bear drank 14 beers and then there's that cocaine bear documentary movie that's that's out. oh yeah gotta be careful about those guys anyway so look out for tripod if you're in florida and the video is actually really funny the one that i saw because it's like a like a 14 year old boy and he's filming it but he is cursing up a storm <laughs> hilarious it's really great um okay item number three Courtney Dowalter, she's an ultra runner who's very amazing um, in many different ways. Um, I just read an extensive article about her. I already knew about her. She's from Colorado. She lives in Leadville, but she kind of like does her own thing. And she's also like super supportive of other athletes. Anyway, she's she's shattered all kinds of records left and right. Um, and she just became the first woman to... Uh, ever win the Western States 100, the Hard Rock 100, and the UTMB, which is the ultra around Mont Blanc um, 100 in the same year. She's won them all separately, but this, she's the first woman to have won all three of them in the same year. And she set a record um, for the Western States in the process. So pretty spectacular, like just pretty amazing. Amazing. Plus, I mean, yeah. We so, should have her on the show. She's pretty cool. I've met her before. Yeah. Um, she's done the tour of Mont Blanc, right? She just mm -hmm. did it at the race. Yeah, in we could uh, we could feature that as the trail of the month. Sure, or maybe the Western States or any of those. Yeah, Courtney, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. I'm pretty sure she is. So yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm starting. Actually, I heard that that the trail show is what got her through all three of the races yeah i think the trail yeah. show is what inspired her to become yes. an ultra racer you know That's 10 it. years ago yeah yeah the trail so show Courtney, picked, it makes you go faster yeah so Courtney, <laughs> if you're listening face. to the trail show tonight we'd love to have you back and hear about how we're an inspiration for you to become <laughs> what you are today mm. That's correct. <laughs> um yeah i think that's it for trail news so uh stay tuned send me the uh stories as you get them i have some listener submitted stories from time to time and i appreciate it because it means i don't gotta do the work so happy to have that okay let's move on maybe we should do some trip reports let's do it where have i been so having moved to vermont where you can swim in water that when you submerge yourself in it, you don't stop breathing. I have spent a lot of time swimming. It's gotten to the point where my children have asked, have said to me, like, Dad, do we really have to go swimming again? 
Do we really have to go to another swimming hole? Can't we do something different? And I'm like, no, you have to go swimming and you will like it. And they do. Um, because once they get out of their funk, well, only one of them is in a funk, but then, then the child who's in a funk becomes a wild animal, beats himself on the chest, growls, howls oh. at the moon, that sort of thing, having the time of his life. But it's wonderful. There's so many swimming holes around here, and I really quite enjoy them. I don't know what, what more are the I swimming holes like. So the place that we went to on Saturday in the afternoon had two different access points. The first was kind of like in a little bit of a ravine and it was a, it was a stream coming down a ravine. It was maybe 15 feet wide and it had a pocket in the ravine where the water was maybe six to eight feet deep and you could scamper along the side and then come down to a, a, a the stream that was rushing down a little whitewater stream and position and then kind of get into the water and then float on your back down the stream as the water uh, pushed you downstream, which was quite pleasant. And then we went upstream to where there were some 10 foot ledges that you had to scramble down to get into some deep pools that were at the foot of the ledges. And those were also very pleasant. Hmm. And it How was deep are they? the so the let so the pools at the bottom of the ledge were probably six to ten feet deep. Um, wow. You could you could jump. And there were some waterfalls flowing from the bottom of them, but it was just you know very pleasant. the The parking lot was full, um, but we parked up the street and then we went to the first hole, swimming hole in the ravine, and there was nobody there. And then by the time we climbed back up, because you know it was a steep, you know. Two three hundred foot climb down. To oh get wow! To the stream. Really? Yeah, you know, oh. kind of holding on to rocks and. You gotta and earn things. it. Yeah, gotta yeah. earn it. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You know, some swimming holes you don't have to earn it, but this one you had to earn it. Um, and then by the time we scampered back up and went to the upper swimming hole, there was just a, you know, another couple there. Some people showed up when we were leaving and stuff like that. It was just very pleasant. Nice warm day, probably about eighty degrees. Okay. I've done some blue blueberry picking before. Mm. Yeah, it's quite pleasant. It sounds so like an ideal summer day. You just yeah. pick some blueberries, go yep. jump in the swimming holes. Yeah, it was it was quite nice. And um that's just like one of five different places I've taken my family swimming since we've been here. Okay. It's been nice. That's it's been good. Cool. Yeah, enjoy it. Well, I hiked on the AT this last month. Hey. Um it, it was in Hot Springs, North Carolina. I hiked through town from the town parking lot across the bridge over the French Broad River on the AT. And then I got into the parking lot and got into a kayak and then floated down the river. But, <laughs> <laughs> but so I you, was, did, you did some road walking. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It was, but it was, you know, there were some white blazes. So that was nice to see. It's always good to see the AT reminds you of an old friend. Um, and I feel like the town has grown up a lot. There's a few more restaurants there. There's an ice cream shop, which I'm sure does great business when hikers are coming through. I did not see any hikers. I was kind of sad about that. But it's not really a great season for them to be in North Carolina. Um, 
But yeah, Hot Springs is great. They have a town parking lot, if anyone's interested, that has 24-7 video surveillance. So you can leave your car. Wow. It's a great spot okay. for like leaving a car and then hiking, you know, in either direction on the AT for a couple of days. I think you have to let the town somebody know if it's going to be for more than a night so they know that you just didn't abandon your car. It but, sounds like a bad place to sleep in your car, though, right? With the 24-hour video surveillance. Yeah, Ron and I to sleep in your car. but Well, I mean, maybe it's a good thing. You know, nobody's going to bother you because you're on video surveillance. Well, that's true. I don't know. That's true. We we went one night. We were just we did a one-night overnight paddle, and we brought a gigantic six-person tent. It was the first time I've ever slept in those, and I feel bad for ever making fun of D'Lo about giant tents because they're super nice once you're inside. It's no, like a I'm not a fan of the giant tents anymore. What? Especially if there's, I finally if follow camp, you. If you're going to camp anywhere where there's any sort of chance of wind, you do mm, not want yes. to be in one of those giant things because it will break, it will crash down upon you. They're stupid. Do not ever camp on top of a hill in a field of sagebrush in a six-foot-tall tent. Never do. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Don't do that. Trail tip. Awesome. Well, I did a little, I've been doing some stuff here and there. And um, specifically, I'm going to talk about, I mean, I have so many to choose from, but I'm going to talk about Saturday. Saturday, the Grace and Twinkle or the Grinkles, as we call them, came out. And the three of us went into the song grays here, my favorite. And I've talked a lot about Stout Creek Lake, but the next drainage to the south has Bushnell Lakes, which also has three consecutive lakes. So we hiked up the Bushnell Valley and we weren't sure we were going to be able to get up like the had wall or the the wall of the cirque at the the top of that drainage. When we first saw it, we were like, hmm, not sure if we're going to be able to get up that. But we'll give it a try. But um, we went up there and we found some green ramps and some other weaknesses and were able to, to pick our way up to the top, which was great. So much fun. And then we went up Bushnell Peak, which is one of these 2PK, 2P2K. It's like a prominence of 2,000 feet or more. It's like, it's like a whole other list apparently in Colorado. I don't know. Went up there and then we hiked back north, went over Twin Sisters. And then we went down the Stout Creek Lake side, which is my favorite. And um, Twinkle had made a bold claim that he would jump in if I did. And of course, I was going to because I've already been doing that many times. And he was a little nervous once we got to the lake, you know, and it wasn't hot outside. Was there, um, was there still ice floating in the lake? No. Oh, okay, no. good. Yeah. Okay. I think that water is about 50 degrees. Um, Chilly, but, but the, the, the top, the top two feet are like fifty degrees. <laughs> but the great yeah. thing is, like that lake is so so deep, and there's a jumping rock, and that's not the case. Like here in Colorado, we don't have lakes like that. Like they're just mm. alpine lakes are not that big, and they're not that deep, so it's it's kind of unusual. But um, but yeah, where you jump in, like you you know you and you jump off the rock, so you go down a little bit, you know. But uh, true to his form, he did it. And he used every bit of mental and cognitive space to not scream, but it was still pretty funny. How was the trail descending from Stout Creek, uh, the Stout Creek Lakes? Is there a trail or is it very faint? Yeah. No. Yeah. From the lake to the trailhead? Yeah. 
it's it's a trail and it's totally cleared and i can tell you that because i cleared a section of it this year oh no kidding yep i was just i'm just looking at the map here and it's indicated as a dotted line on the cal Tapo map south yeah from bushnell uh from both both I would say the Bushnell Lake side, um, from the lower lake to the upper lake, I would say it has some what I would call complex terrain. Mm -hmm. It's just lots of little like hilly knobs and stuff. And it's always a little tricky to find that quote unquote trail, but it's easy to know where you're supposed to be going because yeah, you're yeah. just going to the north side of the lakes, right? So yep. it's not you're not gonna get lost. You right. Know? You're in this you're in this pretty tight yeah, valley. Yeah. Exactly. I was just curious about those trails because I know that those dotted trails on the Caltapa lines can be uh, no not questionable. Yeah, not well. I wouldn't even say and questionable. I'd just say like non-existent. Especially <laughs> you know you've done a lot of travel in the Sangres. You know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, the the trail from Stout Creek all the way down to the trailhead is yeah. is stellar. So when you're jumping in these lakes, do you ever get the cold shock syndrome where like. You can't breathe, like because this happens yeah. to people jumping into extremely cold bodies of water. I've thought about that. I've thought about like, what am I gonna? Is my body gonna freak out? You know, like, it does. I mean, people have died from because they can't breathe about, all of a sudden. I've wondered about that very thing. Um, you know, um, I think, you know, I take cold showers, so there's that. I don't know if that's helpful. I mean, that water's not as cold, I don't think, as those lakes, but it's kind but of maybe rough. it gets your body more prepared for that kind of yeah. to stay Have calm been, in that situation. Because I think it's your, your body freaks out. Yeah. Do you hang out with uh, Wim Hof? Beauty? No, but Disco did some Wim Hof stuff, and he's the one that told yeah, me about did. the cold showers. And yeah, I started doing, doing it ever since. Yeah. yeah. So do you not take hot showers at all? No, yes, yeah, so I take hot showers. But I then mean, at the very end of your shower, you turn it to cold and just stand there and like two minutes. I usually sing salsa music. Okay. Yeah. Because well, when I used to do that, I would just sit there and like No, you don't want to do, do that. that. You want to no. you want to keep breathing. Like yeah. Breathing and relaxing, trying I'm to kidding. I I never, you know, pounded my chest and, and yelled. I would just stand I'm there and do, do nasal breathing and um <laughs> try and burn brown fat. That's all I have is brown fat. I'm Mexican. <laughs> no, 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 no. Brown fat is like a, a, a particular type of fat that is really good for consuming. Like when brownies, you don't eat, right? When you brown don't eat for brownies? Like, no, not brownies. No, like when you don't eat for a couple of days and your body has no more glucose, that's when your body starts consuming the brown fat to fire mm -hmm. yourself up. And to keep yourself going it's a very wim hof thing I, too bad oh, disco's not here I mean, we could talk about this yeah yeah he was i don't honest. i don't do that not okay not eating for a couple of days that's it's kind of like how one becomes a little wim hofen uh, wim hofen a little bit like a bear well you mm -hmm. kind of look like a bear you should do it yeah but i don't i don't have the wim oh, hof. Yeah, I, don't have, like that. I used to try to do the wim hof i used to turn my showers to cold but i stopped doing that and I, I actually quite like swimming in the warm water of the Northeast right now. It's been very, very pleasant. I remember, on your back, I remember when, out in the lake. when Triple O was on his European tour and he called in with a report about something. And he was like, there's a sign that says swimming icon that way. But I'm from Florida and 
I don't know what's wrong with these people, but I am not getting in this cold water. And in, in, it was like up in the northern parts. You're like, there ain't no swimming going to happen in this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, mean, I wonder if your body just gets used to it. it I does. mean, yeah. And I do it throughout the winter with the cold water. And then um, I do get in several lakes. I don't like getting in lakes where the where the bottom's mucky. Mm. I don't like yeah. that. Gross. No, it's, 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 your body. It's it really good for your skin, though. That muck in the lake That's is really good for your skin. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like cleansing. Okay. Well, I think we should take a quick break. I can come back with beer of the month. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds, when we come back, we'll have beer of the month. And then it will be nearly time for our VIP to join us for Trail of the Month. and i never listened to the trail show and we're back trail show nation it's pod i apologize for the audio quality at the start of the show um i have figured out my issue and so the audio audio quality should be better for the rest of the show i'm sure uh disco will not give me any about that anyway as promised uh dilo is going to enlighten us on how he spent his beer funds this month dilo I spent my beer funds on the finest, freshest beer that's always kept cold, Lawson's Finest Liquids. In particular, this fall treat of the maple, the Mad River Maple, a maple ale, straight from the Green Mountains to your head. Coming in at a robust 8.00% alcohol by volume, our robust, rich maple ale is loaded with 100% pure Vermont maple syrup. It delivers a smooth and palate-pleasing mouthfeel with a slightly sweet finish. Lawson's Finest Liquids. Our name is our promise. We protect freshness with a singular commitment to cold. Cold stored. Cold shipped. Cold shelled. All to keep every beer the freshest. From our breweries to your first sip. Visit us in Waitsfield, Vermont, or at lawsonsfinest.com. And what's your review? <clears throat> I, I quite like it. It's a little sweet. I was wondering about that with all the maple. It's very ambery. Mm. It's got a, a, mm. a distinct hardiness to it. And it's not quite cold enough here to be drinking beers like this yet, mm. but it's a nice change from... The mind-altering, heady IPAs that I just, like, you know, drink all the time because I live in Vermont now. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a nice change. I, pre I like it. I've seen it a few times. It's not actually super seasonal because I saw it earlier in the summer, and I was like, well, I'm not drinking any amber ales right now. But I figured it was about time coming into the beginning of September to maybe start to dabble in an amber ale. Oh, so okay. there you have it. Yeah, it's good. Well, it was 45 degrees here this morning in Salida and damp. 
So it would have been the perfect time to crack open that kind of maple yes. syrup breakfast beer. Yeah, right, right before school. Have right it with your pancakes. Yeah. Seven in the morning. Makes those Eight. Mondays a little bit smoother. 8% ABV. Good morning, children. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I would never do that. Okay. Well, thank you for that beer report. I know that David Fox and Sox Cornetta is excited that Delo has finally gotten some of the spoils, the yeah. beer spoils. Um, yeah. And we'll see what we can do about the 36 or so tall boys that we have here. Maybe send you pictures of all of them. Anyway. Oh, no, you should send them out this way. We discussed that earlier. It's not that hard to do it. You can do this. You can do this, POD. And the problem, I think, is that tall boys are too big for carrier pigeons. So you can, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. Send send you know multiple what? pigeons. You got to get two pigeons and they tie a string between them. Yeah, I will you send you some you of can the empty it. cans. No. No, don't do that. That's <laughs> that's not necessary. Okay. You can, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Great idea. Trailshow Nation, we have heard your requests for accessible adventures. Sometimes we teach you some adventures that, you know, like nobody's going to go do that, but they're just to inspire. They're to inspire. That's all. But we've, we've long had requests for accessible adventures, um, things of the sort. And we're excited to have Trail Show VIP Buddy Sessoms on to talk about a guided hiking trip through the Sierra. And uh, I think this will speak to a lot of our listeners on that question of how do you build your skills and also have a fun adventure. So, Buddy, thank you so much for joining us today and to talk about your most recent trip in the Sierra. Well, thanks for having me, everybody. Hello, Chill yeah. Nation. So, yeah, this uh, past summer, I went on an Andrew Skirka guided tour, and um, it was it was wonderful. So, basically, many years ago, the trail show uh, highlighted, probably a couple times now, the Sierra High Route. And mm -hmm. that was something that I picked up quite quickly that you probably shouldn't do on your own um might be a little too dangerous if, if you got hurt um so i always wanted to do it but i knew i had to go with someone and as you guys that know me i pretty much hike solo almost exclusively uh and when i saw that um salty or katie had joined the company um i decided that uh maybe this guy is worth spending a little time and money on. So um, once she joins, I decided it would be, this would be the summer to do it. And um, so we we did the Sierras. Now, not the Sierra High Route, but a route. Um, so the whole point was you could learn about route finding and route planning and pick up a ton of snow skills and do it in a group in a safe manner. That sounds great. And so tell us a little bit about your specific trip. I know that he has all kinds of options but tell us about your specific trip no, number of days sure. the expected skill level for each participant so on and so forth yeah so that's a nice thing about all of his trips is that um he will do so i think i think in the area we were on there were either four or five groups um and they were all broken up by both skill level but also fitness level so um, when you do his trips, make sure you answer the questionnaire honestly, both for yourself and for your um, for the other clients that are with you, because everybody's well matched. And if you're not well matched, it's miserable. Um, so, so the point is, like, he breaks it up by how physically fit you are and 
what your prior experience and skills are. Um, so for my group, I was a medium medium. So medium physical fitness, medium skills, which means I had done some long distance hiking in the past. Um, and, but I'm not like the expert level to put it into perspective for people that know yes. the former trail show, uh, celebrity mags, um, mags would always go on the high highs. So like he was the guy that would just go incredible miles every day. And he's the guy that would do the Alaska trip, um, as a guide, uh, but this particular trip, it was uh, 54 miles, seven days. You, you can pick as short as three and as long as 11. Um, I did the seven one. That's seven days without a resupply. The 11-day ones, depending on where they are in Alaska, there's no resupply. But some of the other areas, um, there is a resupply for the 11-day long one. But again, mine was uh, seven days. It was almost all off trail. We did have to do a little bit of trail towards the end. Um, partially because it was planned, but also partially because um, one of the clients got injured on the trip and uh, didn't want a helicopter out. And um, he actually hiked 25 plus miles with a broken foot. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> so it was basically one foot and two poles, you know, for a long ways. And um, he, he would go much slower than us. And, and the other thing that they do, which is really cool, is they have two guides. So you can split up. So like, let's say people didn't answer the questionnaire, honestly. Or let's say you have an injury and you have people with higher appetite for risk than others. Um, you can split the group up at one point and go on two different routes. Um, so that was really nice. So some of us went. So, so let me talk real quick. So it, it was all in the Sierras. We left in... Um, uh sequoia national park and we some of your listeners may recognize some of these places we went over mount Silliman, then we went in the tablelands and then we went and then half of us went over elizabeth pass and the other half went over Coppermine pass and lion lake pass so like half the group went on went above 12k and did two passes in a day all on snow mind you all snow tours lots of snow this year um and then the other half of us, myself included, went on Elizabeth Pass, only went up to a, a 11 and a half. And then after that, um, we got a little side trip to Alta Peak, another beautiful peak. And I'll tell you, all the people that, that are there from California, um, they were like, it is never such good visibility as it is today. Mm, it was am yeah. amazing pictures. And then we end in the giant forest and get to see General Sherman, the big sequoia. And Whoa. that's an overview. And I wanted to highlight a couple of things. Um, and this isn't an ad for Skirka's guiding service, but we have had him on before. And and what I wanted to talk about, you had sent an email um, to look, to kind of give us some background around your trip. And what I wanted to discuss with you is it sounds like there was a lot of preparation. So there was recommendations about acclimation and, and what kind of shape you need to be in starting the trip, as well as specific gear lists, food lists, and and like looking at your kit together as a group online. And the reason that I bring that up is because I think there are probably a lot of options for guided trips. And I, I think it's interesting just to highlight what it is that you did so that listeners can think about, okay, if I were going on a guided trip, like these are some things that I know have been offered to in some client circles. And so I can be a more discerning uh, customer and think about what is I'm getting with my, in my trip package. So sure. I was wondering if you could speak to a little bit to that. Yeah. 
So just to back up a second, keep in mind if you investigate it, he has trips throughout the country, right? And yeah, so like of it could it, it, and it could be as simple as West Virginia on the AT, a, a relatively modest section of, of the AT if, if it's your first trip. Um, they also have easier routes than what we did um, for this for the um, Sierras, but just as you said, Fiodi, um, he starts you from scratch. So it's it's all done through Google Classroom. Um, very well done. Very very well thought out. Um, they have a lot of guides. So like some of the guides are on trips while you're training, um, either online or obviously physically, but. Um, so you may not have the same guides doing your classroom that you have on trail, mm, okay. but there's always someone available. Someone will always respond. Anybody who's used Google Classroom knows how well it works with all the Google Docs and whatnot. Um, but he takes you from from knowing nothing to being ready for the trip. Um, they also have a equipment lending library. So like if you don't have all your equipment, it's not that big of a deal because he has quite a bit you can borrow. Like the big three, he he has all of those if you need them. And then he even has stove systems if you need that. Um, but uh, but again, he he takes you through everything. And then when you you have to develop your plan and then it gets critiqued by some of the guides. And so that's where they were like, yeah, you're coming from Florida. You need to acclimate. Um, I see. And and I had some prior trips planned anyways in uh, Utah. So so I made so I made it fun. I, I did some paragliding in Utah beforehand. And then um, I actually tried to summit Mount Whitney it was way too snowy and icy. And I spent mm -hmm. a weekend um, above 10 K in uh, Whitney portal. So. What That's does awesome. your plan entail? Cause I, you're going on a guided trip. Why do you have to submit your own plan or, or what is that all about? I, I wouldn't yeah. think that that would be something you need to do when you're going with, a, with a guide like this. So that's a that's a good point. So when you're actually on the trip, it's it's their plan, right? But you're learning the skills to route find yourself. So like I said, they have a bunch of different trips and they're not all route based. Some of them are just trail based and you're just learning the basics of how to, you know, pack for a hiking trip. That would be like the West Virginia trip, I think would be a good example of that. They also do it um, um, just uh, southwest of Salida, the, the Sands Park. Um, they they hike there. And in the Sangres as well, a little bit. Um, but but the point is, I mean, you guys have done it so many times, you're not really thinking of it. But just the basics of hiking, you have to learn that. But as far as your yeah. plan, you want to learn how to route. So like my biggest growth was learning how to use CalTopo. And they would give you a general idea of where you needed to go over the next seven days, let's say. And then you would actually pick your route. And you'd look at the profiles and you and you'd look at the... Um, the gradients and which sides might have snow because of shadow. So all those things, you would actually plan your own route yourself and you'd submit it and get critiqued. And then you'd learn a little bit more along the way. But in the end, you wouldn't necessarily end up hiking your own route because you're on their hike and it's a, it's a group thing. Yeah. And, and in our particular case, it was the first time they had done this route. At least these guides had done this route. So honestly, they didn't even know the route. Um, we we did it as we went like there were times we had to wait for the snow to get a little slushy um mm -hmm. so that we could take a pass um and so it, they really were making it up as they went in in some cases how many guys we were, were definitely then we were definitely making it up once the gentleman broke his foot 
How many uh, um, guides were there? Two. So it's usually a, a, um, a total group of 10, I believe, is what the standard is, including the, the, the guides. Huh. So two guys and eight clients. Yeah, I think that's the normal setup. Now, because of the high snow year, there were a lot of cancellations towards the end. So we still had a pretty full group, but some of the groups were smaller because people were a little scared of the snow. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it's an important distinction when you're looking at trips to think about this. This is really about learning. This is an educational trip as much as it is a trip to see a particular place or mountain range. Absolutely. Um, and and again, is, in, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was saying, because I'm sure there's guided trips out there that they're going to handle everything for you. You're not going to learn what you're doing. It's just going to be like, walk this way. (laughs) And you walk that way. Yeah, no, this is nothing like that. While we're there, we all take turns on who leads the the group. Um, The the micro nav, nano nav, like where you step and where you go. Like we all take turns doing that. So they're actually setting you up to where you can go hike yourself after you're done with the guided trip. Now, Having said that, the vast majority of the people, even in my group, were repeat people for his program. Um, ah, they just they just like it and they keep coming back. I'm like I mentioned before, my thing was places of a place that I would not want to go by myself. And I really don't have hiking friends that I hike with. So that's what made this <laughs> that's what made this um, <laughs> um, a, a, a good choice. But like, for instance, I'm I'm pushing him really hard to do something in grizzly territory for next year, because that's something else I won't do by myself. And um, I, I would really like him to do a Wind River trip or a section of the GDT. That would be incredible for next year. You're probably not going to see a grizzly in the winds. Oh, really? OK. Yeah. I mean, one, there's a ton of people. But yeah. yeah, there's a ton of people in there. I mean, when you get up into the high, high country, you're not going to see a lot of people, but also Bears generally aren't up in the high, high country because there's nothing to eat. The place that a grizz would be, and I I can't, I mean, I'd have to look it up, but I'm guessing there have maybe been one spotting of a grizzly bear in the last five years there. I don't know. Um, But yeah, you're probably not going to see a grizz there. So that's what one of the guides said too. Um, Yeah. He said that once we get above 10, like we all have our bear canisters and we have to follow Mm -hmm. all the rules. But once you get above 10, he's like, "Mm, I've never seen one. They're really for the marmots. <laughs> but as long as you leave a pee spot on the opposite side where your bear can is, they'll just go to that because it's like salt. Um, did, wait, I want to ask you a question. How okay. did the people on the group get along? Because it's a group of various people from different parts of the country, potentially different parts of the world. How was the group dynamic? How did people get along? Was it fun? Was there tension? Was there any you know all of the above wrong yeah all was, there any ro- was there any romance was there uh, any romance no. was there any trail <laughs> no. No. yeah tell us what like what's the group like who are who are you guys yeah so um dilo the vast majority of them were it people mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm. um but uh, we had a, an er doctor we had um a number of it people some business consultants um that pretty much sums it up and then we had me, an, an engineer. Okay. Um, but as far as how the dynamic went, um, it was really good. You know, we had fun talking and we get to, you know, to learn about each other because none of us knew each other. There was one husband-wife team um, and they'd been on multiple oh. Skirka trips. But there are some tensions sometimes because like people have different abilities, right? And 
And some people um, probably would have been a little happier on a on a high high trip as opposed to a medium medium trip. And um, but again, we were able to split the group. And so there was one client that had just come off of like th that that was his third Skirka trip for the year, and he had just come off of uh, eleven day at least of Alaska. So he was like totally dialed in, right? And um, and he could have conquered anything. And then we had another person from California, a client who's just super fit. And um, and they, so those two could have walked away from all of us every single day. And the big education for me, because I'd heard you guys talk about route for so long. And and I remember very early on in the trail show, I, I, I sent an email to Disco and I was like, what happens when you run out of trails to, to, mm -hmm. to cover? <laughs> but, right. but, but you guys started talking about routes, so it got me interested. Um, the big eye-opener for me is how few miles you can do in a day on a route. Like yes. when you're climbing over trees and you're going up and down constantly and you're not just walking a footpath, it is a huge reduction in daily mileage. Yeah. Those are all really great points. And thanks for specifying that, that the trip was really about learning. So, you know, the lower mileage days too, like part of that is you're like actually getting instructions and practicing things. Um, you said that they had a um, gear library to check things out. And yeah. I also noticed in your email that you mentioned that you're now a backcountry bidet believer. So I was wondering if you can check out the backcountry bidet. Is that something you checked out or do you have your own? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we all bring one. Um, but I will say that I'm not going to use toilet paper anymore. Like that, uh, like when uh, Dilo and others would talk about that, I would say you guys are nuts. But, um, luckily for me, it was a huge snow year, right? So like the first half of the week, there was snow everywhere. The, the second half of the week, you couldn't use snow. But, um, once you've done that, that's so much better than using toilet paper. And tell us around. why. Tell us why. Well, first of all, <laughs> tell us what your setup is. I want to know what your oh, setup yeah, is. I want to know what your setup is too, because I'm not I'm not necessarily a believer in the backcountry bodet. Oh, I thought you were. Dude. I, no, I'm, I'm a big toilet paper user in my day-to-day -day life. I use a lot of toilet paper, and I feel like it could be a problem with my impacts in the world. It's just the sheer volume of toilet paper I've contributed to our sewers over my 47 well, years. Who cares about that? Tell us about your bidet setup. So I want to know about the bidet. I want to know about the bidet because I could potentially use a backcountry bidet in my front country bathroom. Well, there's not much to it. It's it's a water bottle with yeah. the nozzle, your normal water bottle. Yeah. And it's a little bit of soap. And... So That's okay, I, I want to get into it. I want to get into the nitty-gritty. No, so, wait, 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 wait. No, so, because no, I, okay. I think people are interested. Not, this is what not, people want to know. Yes. People so you like put your it, hike. People like your hike, but this is this. Yeah, is this is what they want to know. So you put a nozzle onto your water bottle. This is the water bottle that you wait, use during the what day. What kind of nozzle? What kind of? They nozzle? actually sell if you want like a specific, like a specialized nozzle. They sell nozzles that fit. Yes, I know that. Yeah, it's like this little rubber attachment. But it's not a special types. nozzle. It's not a special nozzle. It's just a nozzle that closes. Does it the have? A, does it have a particular shape? Oh, no, just like just those ones that you can bottle. buy, like the ones you can buy that have a little mouthpiece nipple thing that yeah, pulls like it open. Yeah, like a squeeze. Yeah. So it's as shaped a like a fact, nipple. Is it shaped like a, a nipple, or is it shaped <laughs> no, like? No, no. You know what I'm talking a, about. You know. 
Yeah, it's they like a, a squirt bottle top. Let's, yeah, see, let's see how you red Thank we you, can get Buddy to turn Thank here. Thank you, Triple L. Let's see how red <laughs> we can get him to turn. So, okay, so, so it's, it's a regular water like bottle. A, it's not shaped like a nipple. But no. my question is, this is the water bottle you're using to drink out of during the day. Yeah, <gasps> so, you put it, so you put it in your hand and you rub yourself till you're clean. And then, and then you wash your hands. Water. No, that's Are it. you okay? But here's my thing: Aren't you worried that there's like a little bit, a little bit of 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 micro feces that's splashing yeah. back onto? And since the... we've already like, and since we've already just crossed way too many bridges. Um, no, so, we're not. This is this is so important information. I will tell you: after you have cleaned yourself up with snow, you will never want to do anything else. Like, well, it's the most I don't refreshing do, I don't feeling snow. ever. It's I don't know. Wait a minute, do you? Do you have a partner that maybe administers the backcountry bidet? No, come this on. This isn't Eli. a group project. <laughs> <laughs> it's a group hike. You've got a hey bunch guys. of people there. I mean, you this is take my like a trail bonding experience. It's time right? for okay. my BM Rock who wants to come with everybody. me. Okay. All I know All right. is. is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that what? Isn't that what? How you do it? I mean, that's what I would probably ask my I mean, children to do. Or judging, would that be going wait. too far? Wait, judging on how Harry Dilo is, he probably would need a second person to help him. I would need, I would but, need help. I would need help. I would need my children to squirt. And they'd probably squirt the stream up so then all the poo water would go up your back into your <laughs> and then they lower would laugh. back hair. They would laugh hysterically because their father would smell like poop for the rest of the day. And it would be like the funniest thing. And I would be so mad because there's nowhere to swim. I would just be like flailing around in the snow. Swim? Trying to the poop Ew. Off them, right? Like, what are you going to okay. do well, do you got okay. poop on your back? You're gonna get it off. <laughs> Not in a lake. That's terrible. Buddy, what what would Andrew Skirka say about this? Slide down the snowfield. Yeah, snow angels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, your back gets all abrased by the snow. Great. That's that's, that's correct. You're not gonna get abrased. You've got three inches of hair on your back. You're supposed to go slow and take your time. You don't have mishaps. Okay, but oh, okay. So oh, he, so very, oh, tell us more. <laughs> so you squirt you squirt with one hand and then you yes. clean with the other hand yeah i mean you can use that, stuff from nature too right leaves of rocks. course yeah. and that's not my thing i'm not yeah. talking about water bottle versus snow that's not that is not in my mind what i'm comparing okay in my mind i'm comparing water bottle versus toilet paper and wet wipes and i pack those things out and i know that that's mm -hmm. the thing you got to pack it out what's mm -hmm. always been an issue for me is that like one, I'm worried about contamination with my water bottle. Two, I'm worried about contamination with my hands because I don't feel like you can, like touching your own poop-covered anus with your bare hand. I just feel like I don't have the facilities in the backcountry to properly wash that hand afterwards. I'm just, I am just saying it out loud. So I'm known for me. saying... You what everyone else in your what entire about... hiking career, you've never had any toilet paper breakthroughs. Of course, of so course. What but, but, but don't you? you but don't you carry? Survive. Hold don't on, you hold carry, on. Like hand gel, hand sanitizer. Yes, I do, yeah. and and it has happened. But what I'm saying is that has happened, and I've always been like, oh my god. Whereas in this scenario, I'm saying this is what I'm going to do every day. Okay, and for me. I'm just going to say it. And I think a lot of other people are probably in the same boat. Trail diets often have a lot more fiber because of all the nuts and seeds and things that you eat than your regular diet. Okay. And so, I mean, I eat a lot of fiber anyway. It's always the same, but you know, 
the the dry like log is not something that happens for me in the back country. Okay. It's always the the wet concrete. And so for me, I just feel like that type of a mess. I don't know. I just I don't know. I'm I am afraid of of the fecal contamination. One thing I will say is I think even today, if you go to Skirka's site or videos he 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 has, he talks about alcohol, you know, the alcohol gel, right? Mm-hmm. But but you have to have soap. Like and even the guide said bring soap. So Yeah. For your so, hand afterwards. Yeah, for your hands. I mean you just have to wash your hands really well. Did you watch any videos of the backcountry bodet in the Google Classroom? No. Thankfully. I want there to be a backcountry bidet. Like if you've ever done the uh, colon guard where you poop in the bucket for the colonoscopy test or the uh, colon cancer screening, there needs to be a, a bidet video of that elk. That's like very, it's not gross. It's not, you know, there's no, the actors like doesn't oh, make, I, say any words. He just like smiles and makes kind of funny faces, you know, and then like, you, you and then they have the, the paper towel for that test. No, you have like a, oh. Okay. A frame that sits over the rim, and then there's a bucket that sits inside the frame, and then you poop inside the bucket. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. And then you just twist on the top. Send yeah, it I've, in only, I've only pooped on paper towels and put yeah. them in bags and then drop them off. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Now, but, have, but having been someone who's carried toilet paper and had to put it in a scent free bag and put it inside something where you can't look at it and, mm-hmm. and, and then be worried about, you're going to run out of it and then you bring way too much having survived seven days without it I'm, i don't think i'm ever going back wow so wow. liberating so liberating and you know so i hear about, a lot of people say that a lot of people who use yeah. the bidet are like i'm a convert but in your day-to-day life no i still use paper paper. Of, course, okay. of course really see i'm i'm more likely to install a bidet in my house than i am to uh, use yeah, bidet. house bidets are no question in my mind. Yeah. As long as it's a good one. So so they talked about that some on the trail, some of the people that have them. And I guess some people just hook them up with cold water. Like it's like this little side thing as opposed to a mm-hmm. real bidet. That, like I guess there's bidets with warm water and whatnot. So just don't go cheap. They come in a variety. The simplest are just the cold water. Then they have ones that have hot water. They have ones that have unlimited hot water. They have ones that have air like hot air for drying. It's like, it gets oh, insane. Yeah. Did you no, choose to use, wait, did you choose to mix some air into your water bottle to kind of aerate? Your a blow water? dry? A blowing? <laughs> no, I, I actually didn't think of that. That, that would have been a good idea. Then. But now you said the cheap bidets have, <laughs> have cold water. Were you heating water for your no. bidet? No. So you were just no. using cold mountain But I was water. using snow. I mean, snow too. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to tough it out out there. Yeah, I've used yeah. snow. It's not very yeah, pleasant. Yeah, it's Wim, Ho- Wim Hof style, you know? Yeah, trying to burn that that brown fat. Let's just say at the end of the day, <laughs> it was a lot less messier than I would have ever imagined. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good yeah. to know. Um, I mean, is there, I wait, like, is there anything honestly, else? I feel uh, like you should it. try it at home because then I, you can come in yeah. and wash your hand in the sink. I can't believe that they didn't have any videos about how to do this on the Google Classroom. It's just like, you're about to go out seven days in the woods with no toilet paper, squirting water in your butt, wiping your your butt with your hand. I feel like you should watch a video about how to do that. You should be prepared. And I think you could could do it over your own toilet and then 
It's super practice. educational again. We had one male guide and one female guide, and they both, with fully clothed, walked us through how to do it. Oh, well, okay. that's not helpful. No, it's not helpful. I got to see. I, I got to see yeah. the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it's just like here. Would you squirt this water bottle into my butt real quick? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like that. I, I need help. I need a helper. You know, you do need help. You do. The first, the first, <laughs> the first red tent trip that I went on. When we got to the trailhead, I was like, okay, I know some of you have never been in the woods before, so I'm going to show you how to properly poop in the woods. And they were like, oh my God, no, that's disgusting. I'm not going to watch you poop. And I was like, guys, I'm not actually going to poop in front of you right now. Like, that's not. Or maybe I will. Yeah. Dilo would if you were here. Yeah. Watch out. Here it comes. Um, He's pooping. Oh my God. He's going to show us how to do it. He's going to actually poop all. God. And then you got to deal with the dingleberries. Yeah. So I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff, and I'm I'm happy that we've spent about 20 minutes on poop. That seems <laughs> it's on definitely brand, appropriate. I think Andrew Skirka would be, excited would be so impressed that the trail show focused on the backcountry bidet of his now, trip. Going back <laughs> to the backcountry bidet for for one second, <laughs> was it something that was introduced in the videos, or just when you got out there with the guides? Oh no no, it, it was part of the classroom and okay. and. And there's links to the resources that yeah that he has online now. Okay, it's just that I already knew about it, listening yeah, to yeah. you guys' nonsense for years. That I um, <laughs> that I didn't have to watch the video. Right, right, right. Um, well, I think that that's a good overview of what a guided trip can look like. And again, we're not promoting anybody's specific trip. You can because you went on it, but um, I just thought it'd be interesting and for our listeners. I know they've long since wanted to kind of talk about this is what what that can look like um buddy is there anything else that you wanted to say that we haven't asked you yet about the day or anything else well just the way the program works is very well done um i think it's a great value honestly personally um i think anybody that really 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 wants to do this but has a fear of it or just has a fear of a particular region which is what i have with the sierra high route um, just go for it. The cool thing is it, it, it forces you to commit both time and financially. So you're not going to bail. And the way the guides handle things, they're just, I guess that's what makes them good guides, right? It, just in general, because they're professional guides in their lives. They don't just do this just for Andrew. Um, and they just really know how to recognize when you need extra help. They they recognize when you're not happy or you want something different. And they're just really skilled at catering the trip around you. So between the education, the fact that everything is de-risked, the fact that like on day one, they ask you, what are your goals for this trip? And then they do everything they can to make sure your goal is is realized. It I just I definitely will be going back again. That's a ringing endorsement right there. I mean. That's awesome. Uh, who, Dilo, who knows? And who knows? Maybe you could, you know, be an Andrew Skirka employee and show people how to do the backcountry bidet in a kind <laughs> of um, non-intimidating, welcome to the Andrew Skirka lifestyle type of, you know. Video. I think you should offer to make a video, Dilo. Me? I, I you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I think having talked about this for so much tonight, I think I need to try it. So. But I'm going to try it in the safety of my own home. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. That's my trail yeah. tip: is just uh, like I, 
I tell people when they want to learn how to pee standing up for women, uh-huh. like you should Try start by do it in the shower. Cause yeah, yeah. You know, it's no low stakes, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, so backcountry bidet in the shower is like super low stakes. Well, I would do it oh. over the toilet, maybe. How big goes better than you shotgunning a BID though? One final thing. <laughs> I was there for that. That's that. right, you were. That was a complete uh, failure. Complete. Failure. I was there. Yeah, I'm never going to do that again. Never going to do that again. I think that was a natty light. Yeah. It was. It, it was. Just yeah, a, it was yeah. a. It was a natter day. Yeah. It was uh, a, yeah. Yeah. It was their shandy. The strawberry. One final okay. thing I will say yes. for the people who who go on his trips um, is I've been stoveless for quite a long time actually um and i prefer it It, it's my way to do ultralight however his recipes are really really good and i'm definitely thinking about going back to stoves like you will never eat better than on this trip and they provide all of it all you have to do is provide your lunch and snacks but they provide breakfast and dinner and it's all pre-bagged and ready to go and and the food is just really really good is it dehydrated refried beans my favorite um, that is one of the meals that he's known for, yes. But there buddy, are some really good ones. It helps with the backcountry bidet. Buddy, I need a, a recipe for dinner for the family tomorrow night. What what's what Ooh, was your favorite yes. meal on the trip? What was your favorite meal on the trip? Do the look up his pesto noodles. I just had pasta tonight. What's next? Uh polenta and peppers. That's kind okay. of close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I like it because it's vegetarian. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Polenta and peppers. Dig it. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Well, buddy, as usual, it's always a joy to uh, break bread with you. And um, thanks for entertaining our uh, various discussions about very real things that people want to know about. Okay. And putting up with us as well, buddy. We really put you on the spot about this yeah, country today. So don't, don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. There's a trail show video coming out soon on Instagram of me practicing the backcountry bidet. One of the things that made me fall in love with TTS a long, long time ago was uh, your long dissertation on bacon fat and and, and things <laughs> that could be used for as well. So. Uh, well, yeah. we finally found the one. We found the one who liked that dissertation. Yeah. Awesome. Well, buddy, thanks, thanks again for joining us and glad you had a successful trip. And yeah, can't wait to uh, see you the next time you're out in the Arkansas Valley. And, uh, or South stay, Carolina or Vermont. Stay cool and dry in Florida too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you all very much. It was fun. Okay, thanks a lot, buddy. We'll talk thanks, to you buddy. soon. Good night. Bye-bye. All right, buddy. Sessions with the backcountry bidet. It's a lot of bees for your bowel movement. <laughs> anyway, no, I think that those are real things. People want to know about these things. That, oh, that's, yeah. Those are the Especially questions. on the trail show, you're like that's the hard hitting news yeah. that we deliver. Okay, this is cutting edge journalism right here i think everyone would agree with that statement yeah if i were holding a gun to their head okay let's see i think we should talk about donors you cool let's that? do it okay we've got our monthly donors chime in if you feel so inclined bernard wolf russ not oh. fuss kid no craig he's go gully bobby walters Trevor, smoke it if you got it. The Bowl Man, Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell, Diane Pinkers, David, Sarcasm the Alviti, Justin Quality Knowles, Quality, Ingrid Gerard, Pat the Bouncer, Pat, that's true, fellow Vermonter now, Pat Uh the Bouncer Dixon, The Weekend, 
Hammond the Brute, Bruce, Renee, Shira, Patrick, Wesley the Haggis, Attic Greenwood, Kevin, Chickpea, Cross, and Sasha, Honeydew Codet, Tebow, not Tim Williams, not Tommy, him. the Meat Popsicle Stevens, Brandon Lost Balls, Love Lady, Joseph Where Pecker, Aro, Phil, Felipe, Gilbert, Dave, the Old, Ancient, Crusty, Geo, Hale, Tony, Sheboygan, Brewing Pits, Rachel, Die, Bama, Die, Merchant, die, they did die. That's a lot uh, of talk coming from Thompson. a Clemson fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Clemson fan per se. I'm just a anti-Alabama fan. Dan Thompson. Fair enough. You know fair I mean? enough. Okay, we've got Dant Ho. Oopsin. Dan Thompson. Dan Thompson. Richie Rich. Lemuel Glasgow. Mark. So many Willie G. Homemayer. Ho. Mayor. Uh, Ho. Mayor. Ho. Like that. Ho-mayer. He's like the mayor. Ho. Anyway, Eric the Robber's son. Daniel Fun Dips. Sharp. Kill Bill Cottrell. Woody Yukon Caboose. Buzz. Matt. Phantom of the Opera. Tim the Hooch. Hoochins, Paul, true love, baby, oh, baby, baby, true love, oh, Curtis, where, Tyler, the Kerminator, Kermaid, Andrew Paget, Pat Pipkin, Bob, Hobo Evans, it. Victor, Flamingo, Newton, Simon, Did you hear the German. That there's like a hundred flamingos that made it to Florida in a hurricane, and now they're like wandering around, stranded. That's yeah. pretty funny. Hopefully, 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 Victor is not one of them. No, I don't think so. He's in California. I'm certain of it. I don't think he visits Florida much. I'm just going to go out on a limb. But... Neither do flamingos. Yeah, well, maybe he's part of their kind. Rosenfeld. Uh, Simon German, the German vampire Rosenfeld. Marvin Maverick Castler El Hikador. I think Dilo's choking on a chicken wing. Uh Jim Heathen Hebner. It was an Arizona chicken wing. Paul Chisholm, who I'm gonna meet on Wednesday. Uh let's see here. We've got Timothy, our one-offs, Timothy Mitten Madness, Premac. Oh, as opposed madness. to the post-Mac. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We had a post-Mac donor not too long ago. Yes, that's correct. This is to differentiate. We have Dana Lava Flow Garden. I'm interested in that name, Lava Flow. Yeah. It conjures a lot of trail <laughs> images for me. Backcountry um, bidet involved in that one, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I was, maybe. Thinking brown, I was thinking more brown river flow, but whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's okay. see. We also have. Oh, and Dana, by the way, was our first ever Venmo donor. So that's pretty Whoa. exciting. Yeah. Air horns for her. <laughs> Shout outs again to Boone Slackjaw, who brought us like 800 tall boys. Um, and... Oh, and some of those are going to be mailed to Colorado. I'm so appreciative of you two for doing that. That's really wonderful that you're going to do that. They're already in Colorado, Dilo. Yeah, yeah why would they them, mail I mean, to Colorado? Oh, I mean to... Um, I, mean to uh, I don't know. You man. just put them in peanuts, you put them in Ziploc bags, and then you put them in more peanuts. And I know you have a lot of peanuts. You know, you have a lot of plastic uh, styrofoam peanuts. Just, just have you guys yes. done trail news? Mm-hmm. 
Dude, yeah, it's since like we've been doing the trail show yeah. since like seven o'clock Eastern, dude. Come on, trail show doing? listeners. Uh, Disco has just joined us, he had some work to do, but Hello. it is time for Hello. us to go to a break, actually. Oh. Um, out of order, uh, can you send us to break with an audio clip, perhaps? Absolutely, we can do that. Let's see. I'm really upset with Maverick, Martin Maverick. He did not call in, so I don't know what's going on with him. I hope he's okay. But we got a, a great call, a bunch, a series of calls, but we'll go with the president first. Please hold for the president of all the West. Hello, Trail Show Nation. I just wanted everyone to know that I will be retiring from the office of president in September. My second-in-command will be elected into the presidency of Alta West, unless there's some election fraud or miscounting of the votes. Flamingo has made a great vice president and will continue to lead this nation as president. I will be sliding back into my previous position as a pathologist, one that studies paths and trails. <laughs> this is Trip the Light saying, see you on the trail, and I never listen to the trail show. Wow. Very oh, nice. Man. And with that momentous declaration, we will head to break. This is Jupiter, and I've listened to every episode of The Trail Show probably 30 times over. All right, listeners, we are back from break. It was a wonderful break, that one. Uh, we all took turns showing off our backcountry bidet skills. That was interesting. Nice close-up there for, of D'Lo. Uh, we'll post that video later on. Triple O, do we have any more hotline calls? Yes, let's head to the AT to get an update from the East. Hey, Trail Show. This is Show Me. I'm on the AT heading no bow. Started late early June. So we're just in southern uh Virginia right now. Just beautiful. Unbelievably beautiful. Can't believe how cool it was to uh hike in the summer here. I thought it'd be real hot and humid and dry and it's just been beautiful weather. Either feels like spring or fall. Just wonderful. Uh, a lot of rain, a lot of water, hardly any ticks, hardly any mosquitoes. Just Beautiful. Started my birthday early June, so try to get to Pennsylvania before it gets too cold. I'll be very, very happy. Then I'll finally get to go home, see my wife in her sexy green trail show shirt. So can't wait. So that's just a little, little update. Y'all have a good one. We're going north. Wow. What was that dude's trail name? Show me, I think. Show me. I wonder if he's from Missouri. I would bet he is. I bet he has too. I like it. He seems like he's having a good time out there. Yeah. Just like enjoying it, you know? Like there's a sense of just satisfaction with the hike, which is nice to hear. That's awesome. Totally. He sounded a little bit like Clay Jacobson, to be honest. A little bit, yeah. His name yeah. has come up a couple times tonight. 
you know, he mentioned ticks and that there weren't any ticks. And I just have to mention this as an aside, random note. There have been four cases of West Nile virus in saliva in the last few weeks. What and, the hell is going on? And a friend, a friend of mine uh, who got COVID and then had to be hospitalized and was diagnosed with viral meningitis and Lyme's disease. Ooh, so we're real hot bed over here. And yeah. Lyme disease. Minute. Oh, rough. One, rough. Wait, one wait. person had COVID, meningitis, and Lyme disease. Yes. Are and they, they okay? Like triple whammy. It's like the She's... triple crown of viral infection. Yeah, where'd they pick up the Lyme disease? Did they pick it up in Colorado? Because I didn't yes. think that's a triple crown it. you don't want to earn. Oh. Yeah. Are they okay? Yeah, she's she was in the hospital for several weeks I until bet. they figured everything out, all the different stuff. And she told me that wow. she has to have, she's home, but she has to go to the hospital every day for a short period to do um, IV antibiotics. Things, yeah. And then after that, she has 21 days of oral antibiotics she has to do. Oof. <laughs> she's lucky. Yeah. That she's able to be home. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a lot to do. It was a side, side note. I was just like, well, what's going on here? So, okay. Uh, should we get into uh, our mailbag? Please. Uh, you know what, Disco? We haven't heard your voice much tonight. Why don't you read the mailbag? <laughs> well, I know that there was a, um, yeah, there was a question here, the Dear Casey question. Mm -hmm. I've got another mailbag item after that. That's what I was frantically looking up, but let's do this okay. one first. Okay. We got a, a, a message here from some day hiker in New Hampshire, and uh, we'll call him <clears throat> SDH. SDH says, Dear Casey, aka The Trail Show, I'd like to tell you about my brother-in-law's hiking style. We have been friends for 30 years not relevant to the story. I just wanted you to know. Have you ever hiked with someone who wants to check out every single thing? Whoa, check out this stick. Look at this rock, man. Is that an early 20th century foundation, man? If you were to look at his path on a map, it would be zigzags all over the place. A three hour walk in the woods turns into a five or six hour check out this crawl by the time we make it back to the brewery he has five to extra five to ten extra pounds of rocks in his pack his attire consists of blue jeans no torch thick cotton shirts with a big design on it you know to make the shirtless breathable usually a nice thick sweater and for footwear either skate shoes or steel-toed work boots oh yeah and most of the time he has to wear he has to wear his six-year-old child <laughs> on his shoulders or clung to his back. Now that my kids can support themselves on their own feet, I will occasionally assist him with his son. Now for gear talk, gasp. When we first started hiking together, one of his favorite pieces of gear was of course a Bluetooth speaker. Oh my god. Disc disc. Luckily, my wife let him know how foolish this item was. His pack usually has a couple hundred pounds of extra clothes, rocks from the last hike, a tiny amount of water, and probably some chains. I'm not, I'm not sure what else is in there, 
but it's usually so full he has trouble zipping it up. I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm complaining. I'm not. Listening to your wonderful podcast over the last two and a half months has helped me find even more humor in his style. After all, we may be on the same trail, but he is hiking his hike, and I am hiking mine. Thanks for reading this. Sincerely, Someday Hiker in New Hampshire. P.S. I'd love to hear your experiences of people you have encountered on trail that were poorly prepared or improperly dressed. P.P.S. Is D-Low related to Wheezy Waiter? Mm. P.P.P.S. I never listened to the trail show. I can't wait to listen to the next show. Okay. Dila, would you like to address the P.P.S.S. first? The P.P.P.S.? The P.P.S. Sure. <clears throat> oh, the P.S. No, just the P.P.S. Oh. No. Okay. Uh, did, that, did that answer the question? <laughs> so we, P.O.D. and I once met a, a, a man on the Pacific Crest Trail somewhere just north of the Columbia River that we'll, we'll never forget. I'm going to let P.O.D. tell the story because okay. I, I just talked a lot reading that whole thing. Okay. So <clears throat> we met this gentleman uh, before leaving town at the... Help me with the fill in the blanks. The Dinsmores. No, no, no. I'm talking about Cascade Locks. After we hiked out, we saw some marks. Ah, yes. Okay, that person. Okay. That person wasn't really a hiker, but okay. So we were hiking along and we saw these weird tracks in the trail. And we were like, what is that? Is that like someone doing trail work or what? Someone have like a, a mining cart or something? I don't know. So we came to this water crossing and there was a man there that had maybe four pieces of roller luggage and he was standing by the creek brushing his teeth. So he had been like pulling two bags at a time up the trail and then leave them and then go back and get the other two, Billy Goat style, um, but with Samsonite roller luggage. luggage. Yeah. And he was brushing his teeth in the creek and we had just found... Uh, some trail magic. Someone had left some beers at the previous water source. So we had these beers, these cold beers with us. And one of the hikers that was with us was like, Hey man, do you want a beer? And he was with a mouthful of toothpaste was like, yes. And he took it immediately opened it and started drinking it with the toothpaste in his mouth. But then went was brushing and drinking and brushing and drinking. And yeah. And we think that he may have been homeless in a different way than through hikers. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah we, Samson we actually, luggage is pretty expensive. We gave him a name. We gave him a trail name. We started calling him Robert Six Piece because he had six yes. pieces of luggage. But, he had four, four pieces of roller luggage and then a duffel bag and a backpack. Mm-hmm. And, but the story that I was going to tell about improperly dressed or poorly prepared, actually, is a story I think that's in Disco's one of your books. It's about this hiker that we met at the Dinsmore's and we all hiked out oh. into the Glacier Peak Wilderness. Glacier Peak Wilderness. The forecast was terrible. That wilderness is very rugged. There's some washed out bridges and lots of down trees. And the forecast was not good. But you know, when you're through hiking, you're like, well, you know, you're gonna go anyway and just deal with it. But this particular hiker had a quote unquote tarp, which was literally a piece of plastic that they bought at a hardware store and they were kind of 
making knots around the plastic at the ends and making something out of it. And they had really, we had really had really great weather. It only rained one time before that trip, before that part of the trail. So this person had been really lucky and we hiked out and that night, the first night that they, it poured rain and they were in camped with some other people at a specific area where a lot of people camp and they could not string up their tarp structure thing that they had. And so they just rolled up in the plastic like a burrito and slept on the ground. So of course their down sleeping bag got completely soaked and the next they got up super early because they were freezing cold. And then in the morning, we of course had slept in a little bit because it was raining and we were in a tent. We made our little coffee and like had a nice morning and they caught up to us and was like, um, yeah, I don't know what to do. I'm going to try to find a cave to dry out my gear. <laughs> find a cave because they're just all over the place, I guess. I don't know. Um, and they pulled out the sleeping bag and it was this, it was completely, completely soaked a down sleeping bag that was the size of a loaf of like wonder bread. That's how condensed it was. It was dripping water. And at that point we were like 18 miles or something. We weren't that far from the pass and it was like 10 AM and disco was like, man, listen, if I were you, I would turn around right now and hike all the way back to the pass because the next couple of days, it was just going to be more rain. And he was like, without your sleeping bag, you are going to die. Like you need to turn around right now and hike all the way back. And he was just sitting on the trail. His clothes were wet. The trail was wet. It was like drizzling. And he pulled out that drenched sleeping bag and it was just lying on the wet dirt. And and Disco really said later, he was like, all I could think about was having to like get naked and skin to skin with this guy to like keep him alive yep. and i was like turn around yep. <laughs> yep. yep and oddly enough as soon as i said that to him he was like you know i was thinking about maybe hiking back mm-hmm. i was like yeah it's like you should probably do that like right now yeah. and he was like yeah i think i will and i think i think you should have been like no nah, man you can make it and if you get cold i'll keep you warm no nah, dude no no, this this was a man of larger carriage, and uh, it, it would have I been mean, a difficult. Fit. He wouldn't have might, fit might have in a, a tent with us. Might have taken a couple people to keep him warm. For sure, we would have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we would have had to both do it, and he wouldn't have. Yeah. Like the three of us would not have fit in our tiny tent. You know, I mean, oh, there were so many things, and it was going to continue to rain. So, anyway, the other thing some... about this guy, real quick, to make the story longer, he had like a five pound base weight, and he would tell anyone that would listen with an earshot about his super ultralight base weight. Yeah, how, that's like, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why he was in the, well, there's a couple reasons why he's in the predicament he was, but that was a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. Disco, do you have another mailbag item? For I do. Us? <clears throat> I do. We got a, we got an email from donut man. Okay. Uh, Trail show listener out of South Melbourne, Australia. Ooh. Donut Man says, hey, folks, love the show. Something has been bugging me that I keep meaning to ask. What happened to special? I'm assuming it's one of those please respect his privacy type situations, but perhaps it warrants an announcement, as it seems like an incredibly abrupt absence for a pivotal member of the team. 
Donut Man. Donut Man must be a little bit uh, behind in his <laughs> listening of the trail show. Um, and yeah, I don't know that we ever formally address this, but due to creative differences back in the fall of 2021, we parted ways with Spesh and wish him nothing but the best moving forward. And Donut Man, I'm... thanks for the email. I actually got, yeah. I've gotten a couple of those emails uh, here and there. And yeah, I guess it's, it's time same we thing, it. Same thing happened with Mags. Like we wanted the show to go in one direction and he wanted something else. And like, it, I don't know, people come and go, you know, it's like trails. So, yeah. Trails Except come and me. go. Except for me, I haven't tried to leave. Yeah, I, that's true. I, I keep, I'm really still trying to leave, and I just can't leave. You're a glutton just, for punishment, dude. You just can't quit us. Like, everybody just in my family is like, Mike, you should stop doing the trail show. You don't like the trail show? I don't know why you keep doing the trail show, but you keep doing the uh, trail show every month. I don't know what's – I have no sympathy for you anymore. I'm like, I know. They just – they keep asking me to do it. So <laughs> – it's because they you they give you intermittent beer. They've done studies on mice. If you they hit a button and they True. get cocaine every time, they stop hitting the button as much. If they get cocaine every once in a while when they hit the button, they <laughs> hit the button all the time. So I think that's what they're doing yeah. to you with the beer. Yeah. Every sense. once in a while, they give you some beer. Yeah. Like, okay, right. I guess I keep coming back. I'll try it again. Okay. Yo, and we did get a third mailbag item that I'm not going to read. It was a guy who was really upset of POD's uh, historical trash deal. And I hatred. Dislike. I, I, yeah, her hatred. He, he has some issues, but the problem is he wrote a book. He wrote a novel and we don't have enough time to read that letter. So we're going to table it for next month and we might have to truncate it if we are able okay. to read it at all. Maybe you and I can work on it this weekend. Sure. Together. Triple O, uh, before we go to Ask a Hiker, because we want to string this out as long as possible with D-Lo on the, on the horn here. Uh, do we have any more hollering calls? We do. Let's let's take from one from, you know, one of our superstars. Ooh. Hey, now. <laughs> Good Lord Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Wow. Thank goodness nobody listens to the trail show because I don't know if that speed record would have been broken this year out there on the uh, on the PCT. It made me smile thinking of that. Anywho, not much. Quarter the summer from the little ones. I'm going to bail down this mountain. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. That's what's up. Wow, there one of go. his kids has already learned the lingo, man. Yeah, bailing, bailing down, down, the mountain. down the mountain. Let me just say, I got, yeah. and I've said this before. Those guys are incredible. Like they have three little ones. I think the youngest one's still in diapers, and they do overnight backpacking trips. I mean, wow, it's a lot of feces to contend with. Beauty. Yep, they need oh, Buddy Sussums yeah. there to talk to they them about Buddy Sussums. The bidet. The bidet. They That's save right. so much weight on toilet paper. So That's what did right. Buddy say about the bidet? I missed everything. Oh well, you'll have to listen. He said yeah, it's life changing. Disgusting. Yeah. It's wow. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's kind of like really a front country bidet. Like no, once you it, use it, a front country bidet. Well, I mean, your hand is really involved. There's a yeah. hand. There's the bidet, and then there's the sanitizing of the hand after the bidet. Oh, the fecal it's, fingers. The fecal fingers. The poop and then you finger. eat your, your neighbor's gorp bag. <laughs> 
<laughs> dip your hand into your neighbor's square pack. Yeah, there's a whole thing. You got to, you know, there's a lot that's going on there. There's a protocol there. Or something. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot happening. A lot happening. All right, Triple O, what, do you, what you got for one, us? One last call with okay. an important message or offer. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. If and when uh, the great D.O. trimming happens, I have my sheep shears. I would happily come out and live stream uh, a shearing of D.O. I even have my split shears. I could split shear them down if you'd like. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I would just like to let that anonymous listener know that I... I know who that was. I, I, I live not far from farm country now, and there are many people with sheep shears. <sighs> Around that here. was yeah. Dilo. That was Frito Roll Tide Garcia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he has to come a long way it's out a here long drive. to sheep shear me. But he's willing to, you know, to do it. He'll but take one for the team to, for the kids, because man. there's a lot of people around here with sheep shears. I can but. reach out, and and I could have somebody sheep shear myself pretty quickly. I'm and waiting. Dilo. Yeah, yeah. Dilo. Yeah. What I will tell you is that a visit. From Frito World Tide Garcia will not only include sheep shearers and shearing, but mountains and mountains of, of beer. Yeah, from uh, yes. you yeah. should see his yeah. base, has, basement. Michigan has real good beer too. They, he like, is, they like their beer in Michigan. He is ready for the end times. I'll tell you that, and they're not going to yeah. be surviving on PBR. No, I, I, I think you know you're really. When we were in New Zealand, they sell a lot of these Merino possum blends. It's like a fancy yes. new blend. I think mm -hmm. a Merino Dilo blend could be a new, you know, high-end fabric. I'll, I can start saving my hair. I have to cut my hair tomorrow or the next day. I, I can Your start back saving. hair? No, my this hair. No, I'm we don't care about your hair. No, we want the, the real... <laughs> The this downy the on the, the back. Good stuff. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we're not getting no four hundred down. I'll start saving my hair. Eight fifty, nine hundred. You, you guys want my like quarter inch long like sheep shearing hair? Pubis. We want the yeah. pubis. Ew. Ew. What I say? No. Guys, have we done trail news yet? Buddy Sessoms was reluctant to describe the, the shape of the nozzle on the backcountry bidet. Can I read this beer can? Please. Oh, yes. Tell us what you're drinking. We yeah. haven't talked to you All about right. that. Thank God. I was hoping for an opportunity here. From the legendary Kern River Brewing Company in Kernville, California, I have the California Lounge Chair IPA. Why would they call a beer the California Lounge Chair? Haha. -ha. It's because out on the river, occasionally everything hits the fan and you get thrown from your boat. This is the time to assume the California lounge chair position. Float on your back with your feet out in front of you. Don't panic. Just relax and picture yourself floating with a beer in hand. Hopefully someone will come to your aid shortly. This beer is packed with Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic hops and is exactly the beer you would want to imagine should this situation ever arise. 6.6% ABV. 1 billion IBUs. Yo, this brewery had 15 beers on tap, two-thirds of which were IPAs. I've never in my life seen that ratio in a brewery, but all of their IPAs are excellent. 
That's all I'm going to say. But the, the lounge you chairs. Drank, you, you sampled all yeah. 10 of their IPAs? I'm still say. working on it, man. I'm okay. still working on it. Yeah. I, I want to give a thumbs up for the lounge chair approach to floating down the river because um, yeah. when you're floating down a dark river and you can't see the things that are underneath there, you're better off taking those things Foot with your entrapment, feet, man. With your feet rather than like swimming with your head the rock was only like six inches below the water. Now I'm bleeding. Mm -hmm. Let's take Man, this foot. is Triple O's yeah. wheelhouse. Triple O, have yeah. you ever had to assume the California lounge chair position? Yeah, I mean, when you get into white water, you want to basically like sit feet in front. You can keep your feet up as high as because you don't want to put them down and get them stuck in a rock because that'll be bad. But then you mm. can kick yourself off of rocks and... Triple O, come for, on, man. This isn't a whitewater podcast. What are you look doing? For shore and find safety. <laughs> yeah. I like I like not being the host. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Dilo's most favorite section because it signals drawing to the close of the show, and that is Ask Whoa. a Hiker. POD, are you talking into your microphone or your computer? Into my Anyways. microphone. <clears throat> Very good. Question number one of one, Ask a Hiker with Dilo. Dear Trail Show, my name is Jim Blodgett, and I'm the founder of Count the Blazes Foundation, located in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. The mission of the Count the Blazes Foundation is simple. We want to maintain an accurate count of each and every white blaze on the Appalachian Trail in both the northbound and southbound directions. We feel that by maintaining an accurate count of the white blazes in the AT, we can better chronicle changes in the AT's length over the years. And for the purest hikers who desire to see every blaze, this count can be used as a measure of their purity. Plus, it's just really fun trivia to know how many white blazes there actually are in any given year. But we can't do this alone. Is this for real? Yeah. This well, is real. I, okay. I mean, like all Alaska hiker questions are for real. I mean, why would uh, yeah, you? Yeah. I, I, what was yeah. I thinking? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So we can't do this alone. We need volunteers. And that's why we've reached out to you today in hopes that you can share our mission with the listeners, the longest running hiking podcast on the planet. We developed an ingenious device, a solar pad, solar powered digital clicker if you will, that can be used to log each blaze a volunteer hikes past. And with built-in GPS tracking and nano cameras, we can accurately track, log, plot, and the location of each white blaze our volunteers visit. The digital clickers will then upload data when the hiker is back in cell service range. But we need hikers to carry the clickers. The clicker weighs just two ounces, at about the weight of two Ooh. Bic lighters, and can Heavy. easily be tied to a grommet on a chest strap so that the hiker can quickly log each and every white blaze they pass. From our experience, it actually makes hiking the team more fun, the AT more fun. Hikers at the shelter at night who hike the same stretch of trail can compare their blaze counts with others and determine whose count was more accurate. Oh my God. <laughs> so as a service to our nonprofit, can you share this message with your listeners? Listeners can find out more by about count the blazes at counttheblazes.org. That's right. Counttheblazes.org. Thanks for passing along our message. We'll see you clicking your way up the trail. Cheers, Jim Blodgett, founder and lead clicker 
McCount the Blazes Foundation in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, www.counttheblazes.org. Oh boy! Uh, I guess this is an ask uh, question. I mean, it's a—he's reaching out. He's he's looking for volunteers. It sounds like there's no financial a, obligation. Is the blaze? You know, when you have the double blaze, so there's signaling something going on. Is that one blaze or is that two blazes? No, I think that's, that's two blazes. Two. That's that's two blazes because it's like one, two, right? I mean, hey, before we dive into this very important discussion. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we had a listener message us on Instagram about last month's show to ask if he said, was saying P mags died a joke. <laughs> and what I want to say to underscore Scalic is that we never joke about death and we would never make fun of someone dying. And we would, we would highly recommend you check out P Mag's Instagram account to see what his current living or dead status is. <laughs> Back to the Ask a Hiker question. I'm very sorry to derail this Count the Blazes discussion. Dilo. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it could be really fun to like compare your Blaze count with another hiker later that night in the shelter. Yeah, it does like, sound like, so fun. Like, are we I talking like? How many times I, you blaze up? A, yeah, like I a, think a some bomb? people do like, do that already. <laughs> you know, blaze count can mean a whole lot of things. No, it, it's it's basically you're walking down the trail with a digital clicker attached to yep. your, your your shoulder strap, and you see a blaze, and you point to pull it off. Maybe it's got a little oh. lanyard, a retractable lanyard. Perhaps it's got a retractable lanyard, right, like this. Zoop. I think you should have to take a picture of every blaze. Well, I, I think the, I think this, a, a I selfie. Think this, yeah, I, think I think this device. I think this device has a mm. nano camera. I mean, Jim Blodgett said that it has a nano camera, so it's like, I mean, it's like solar powered. It's very minuscule. It weighs like the it's like the weight of two Zila. lighters. It just. It, and what about just, Nobo you know, versus Sobo blazes? Like there's I think, different. I, well, I think. Hold on. Let's go back to the question. Yeah, there's different counts. Different counts. Um, we I wanna, think does that mean yeah. if you go one way, it's yes. longer trail? The numbers oh, different. Well, no, no, but the number of higher blazes totally, it could be totally different. There's a totally different number of I think uh, what if you flip flop? How, how do they uh, flip I, you just oh, it doesn't boy. matter. There's you it's only one trail in one direction, so you're just still counting the blazes. I think this would be a really fun, would be considered fun. I'm doing air quotes here for the listener. A fun activity for all those folks, all those codgers that, that insist on sleeping in the shelters, that get up at 4 a.m. and for some reason have to like spend an hour crinkling plastic bags and zipping and unzipping and then hike until about two in the afternoon to reserve their spot in the shelter. I think they would have a great time comparing numbers those, of places. Those are the people that are needed for this project to track to accurately count 
Where's Jim Blodgett? What, what's the website, D'Lo? It's jimblodgett.org. Uh, Counttheblazes.org. Counttheblazes. Oh, Counttheblazes.org. We'll because I, I don't know because... if it's working right now. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I, I noticed earlier. when I, I tried to bring it up, it, it came up to some like uh, 404 denial DNS. Yeah, I think. I think. Issues. I think it might be. It might be coming. I think. Because he's struggling with funding. It's in, <laughs> It's under construction. <laughs> they spent all their money on the nano clicker. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I met. I met one you of met these, Jim Blodgett. I met Jim Blodgett once in a shelter. It was about two p.m. Okay, I hiked up with a group of people, and he was hat was completely unpacked in the shelter. With his sleeping pad inflated, sleeping bag out, he was lying like a pencil in his sleeping what time bag. Of day? 2 p.m. 2 p.m. with his glasses on, and he had the clip-on sunglasses that were flipped up. And we walked up and we're like, hey man, how's it going? And he said, Most boring part of the day, waiting to fall asleep. And if only he had some people that he could hang with that get to the oh. shelter that early and they could talk about blazes, it wouldn't be so boring. Yeah, totally. I, I think that's a big part of this project is just like the camaraderie of comparing the day's count. <laughs> you start and end at the same place. It's like, oh, I hiked 13 miles today as well. Would you like to compare the number of blazes that you counted by your clicker? Oh, yes. Let's oh my God. Yeah, but what about the psychic trauma of the purist who gets there and is like two blazes short of the other person? They got to go back. They got to go back. They got to go back yeah, and do it think, all again, man. Well, see, that's where the GPS and the nano cameras come in, right? It's like with the <laughs> GPS and the nano cameras, as the data is uploaded to counttheblazes.org, <laughs> You can, you you know, the the legitimacy of the number of blazes on a particular stretch of trail will be validated by the sheer numbers of people that are uploading their data. So I think there's a lot of interesting things that being come of this study. They could install gates after each shelter, and you have to like scan your clicker, and only if you have the right number of blazes can you go through the gate. (laughs) And if you don't, you got to go back and redo it to get Man, I'm hyped. I'm hyped on this Count the Blazes project. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is. Uh, it's up and coming. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Screw the pedestrian path on Bridge of the Gods. We need to put our money towards this project. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can go to donate at counttheblazes.org or FAQ at counttheblazes.org to find out more information about how you can support this very important project. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. And I think it's a good Jim Blodgett, man. Yeah. Tip of the cap. Tip of the cap. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. I mean, the hard work. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it was a very <sighs> meaty, meaty plea for help. You know, it's just like. What, what's the guy's name again? Jim, Jim Blodgett? Blodgett. Counttheblazes.org. Pull Jim it out Blodgett. on the lanyard. I think the website's coming soon. Pull it on <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> the lanyard. You know, and it takes a little micro nano camera, takes a picture of the blade. So if you you have three data points, picture, you know, blaze and then GPS and you're you're, you're good. You know, like you can reach Jim at Jim Blodgett at (laughs) AOL.com if you have questions about the project. He's he's there. He logs on once a week and he answers (laughs) 
questions in a timely fashion. Yeah, in a timely manner. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, well, uh, Triple O, do we have any (laughs) hotline calls? There are no more hotline calls. Wow. I wish we... You know, the problem, it's too bad. It's too bad because Delo's laugh brings me so much joy. And the problem is that... Um, <laughs> just, I just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if Feebags is alive. I haven't seen him recently. Oh my God, sorry. Disco held up his phone with the question from Instagram about is saying that Peter said a joke and that's why we all just lost it. Oh, late boy. All right. uh, okay. So, R.I.P. Father, Son, um, Holy Spirit. The, the tragedy is that Dilo is doing it right now. He's a quiet laugher. And it's <laughs> It's too bad for our listeners because when Maybe D-Lo... we should post the uh, video for the show. Yeah, just clips of D-Lo laughing because okay. when D-Lo laughs, it's hilarious. And D-Lo and I are opposites. Like when I I'm... laugh so hard, it explodes. I, when I'm D-Lo not... laughs really hard, it implodes. Like it, it looks like he's. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. La- I think this. I think this count the blazes um, project is very important. Well, I have video to prove otherwise. <laughs> oh, anyway. Boy. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, okay, well, on that note, this is the part of the show where we end the show. So, yep, raise the roof on that. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Buddy Sessoms for talking to us about his guided expedition in the Sierra and specifically about the backcountry bidet. Special thanks goes to Jim Blodgett for introducing us to counttheblazes.org. <laughs> Last, but definitely not least. Jim Blodgett at AOL.com <laughs> for questions. Last, but definitely not least, thanks goes to all our monthly donors. To get your hands on the newest white on clear trail show stickers, hit the donate button at thetrailshow.com. Get them while they last. Sometimes we are on social media at all of the places on Amazon music, Google podcasts, audible, blah, 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 every play, everywhere you go to get your favorite shows. Thanks for hiking with us today or backcountry bidding with us, whatever you're doing. We know you have many podcasts to choose from and we appreciate you hiking with the trail show. Come see us again in September. Nope. Come see us again in October for our spectacular show, which is guaranteed to be full of beers trails Mm, and nonsense Mm -hmm. until then i'd like to leave you some words from isabel allende i don't want an uneventful and safe life i want an adventurous one for disco dilo out of order buddy sesams and jim blodgett i'm the princess of darkness ciao countheblazes.org has there ever been an organization that could be disrupted with a can of paint faster than Count the Blazes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you really want to, like, it, yeah, if, if someone's like bothering you and they're ahead of you, you could spray an extra oh, one and then quick scan beauty. it, and then when you, you when you that? get to the when you get to the gate, it won't let them in because they won't have enough blazes. 
That's a great I don't call. think there was any talk about gating hikers. Yeah, gating. why are you trying I to be a gatekeeper, Beauty? I, I talked about gating hikers. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Jim did. I don't think that oh. was no. Jim's intention. Jim, I think never Jim just wanted that. to, you know, accurately track the number of blazes and he needed volunteers to do so. I don't. I think wonder if talking. anyone in a trail town has ever painted white blazes to try and get the trail to go by their restaurant. No, I'm I'm a big toilet paper user in my day to day life. I use a lot of toilet paper, and I feel like it could be a problem. Okay, it's just that I already knew about it. Listening yeah, to yeah. you guys' nonsense for years. So. Your entire hiking career, you've never had any toilet paper breakthroughs. It's a lot of feces to contend with, beauty. Yep. Here I am, babe. Come and take me. Take me by the hand. Ooh, show me. Here I am, babe. Ooh, it always ends up this way. Me begging you every day.